Once again, it's Steve, the founder of English and Go. For 2024, I want to interview the different teachers of English and Go. This will allow me to bring some variety and different voices to the podcast, as well as showcase some of the considerable talent that we have. Each teacher has their own story. Many come from other countries, and all of them have specializations that are different than mine. As all of us are rather good with speaking English, it is important that we still speak slowly and clearly for our many non-native listeners. So please, no matter where you are, relax and settle in for what should be a very interesting and informative conversation. Today we're talking with Edith, who started teaching for English and Go last year after several accomplished careers in Turkey. Today we're going to talk about the change in family roles he and his wife decided on a few years back. For many years, he was the stereotype father, working long hours and seeing his family less than he would have liked. However, a few years ago, he and his wife traded places. Now, his wife, Eşegül, is the primary earner with a job that requires a lot more time and a lot more travel. Much of her time is now spent outside their home, so Edip has become the primary parent of their two children. Just after the COVID pandemic, the family moved to Osnabrück, Germany because of his wife's work which is how Edip came to work for English and Go. Welcome, Edip. As always, a pleasure to speak to you. Thank you, Steve. It's a pleasure to be here. So we're going to talk about your changing family rules today. And I have a couple questions about this that I think people would be interested in. So as I mentioned, you are now the primary parent, a sort of super dad to your two daughters, as your wife is often away from home due to her work. But it wasn't always this way, was it? No, it was not always this way. It was in fact far from this way. When we got married in 2014, I was the foreign news editor for one of Turkey's largest newspapers. And my wife finished her PhD in economics and was starting out her career as a university professor. I was traveling abroad a lot, and my job also required a lot of time in the office. A year or so later, we had our first child, and my job got even more intense because of worsening pressure on journalists in Turkey. I also started writing my own column, which was demanding, so I was working too much and extremely stressed out. That was not making things easier for my wife either. She already returned to teaching following three or four months of maternal leave, but still breastfeeding our daughter. She was not happy that she was unable to make the strides she hoped she would make as the brilliant academic that she was, simply because she was a woman and had amplified responsibilities, not only when it came to childbearing, but also child rearing. Okay, so let me, let me stop you for a second. You're talking about the word child rearing. Is that right? That's true. 
Okay, so we're talking about raising children. I don't know if everyone knows this word, so I'm just going to pop in for a quick second. So childbearing is in English having a child, of course, the process of pregnancy and birth and breastfeeding. And child rearing is the process of raising your children over many years. Okay. So, sorry about that. Go ahead. So as I said, she was unhappy because of the situation that she was put in because she was a woman. Right? Men can obviously not give birth to children, but at least they can assume equal responsibility when it comes to raising their children. So this is what we started thinking about. We first felt the need for a change, for an adjustment, if you will. Therefore, I talked to my employer and they agreed for me to start working part-time so that I could be a more supportive partner and parent. However, a few months later, the newspaper that I worked for was first seized by the government and then eventually closed down. There was a coup attempt in the country and the government used it as an excuse to further silence the media. So my plan to shift to a part-time working plan morphed into a more flexible work from home working plan as now a freelancer. Long answer short, this change of roles was not only what we wanted to do, but also what we had to do for multiple reasons, not just one. Okay. Now, you mentioned your wife's academic career and her research. So can you tell us a little bit about um, what your wife's research projects are or what her specialty is? Sure. Like I said, Aishigul has a PhD in economics, more specifically she is a quantitative economic researcher. What she basically does is look for relationships of causality. In simpler terms, she tries to establish if event A caused result B, or if there was another reason why result B occurred. Let me give you a very simple case. Did my dog slip down the stairs because the lights were off? or because he was half asleep. Of course, Aishigul deals with much larger, much more complicated issues. For instance, let's say the crime rate in a region is now higher than before. After a wave of migration, her job would be to scientifically determine if it was migration that caused more crimes or if there was something else at play. And the research areas that she focuses on is family policy and the informal economy. Sometimes people refer to it as the black market, as well as migration and crime, like in the example I gave. And to do that, she uses advanced econometric analysis tools and big data together with machine learning. Okay, so this certainly sounds like fairly cutting edge work. But today, of course, we're, we're going to focus on you. So let's go back to you for a moment as the primary parent, because I find this very interesting. Um, in the United States, this is relatively common, at least more common than I've seen it here in Germany. The woman is the hard-charging professional, and the man running the household is, as I said, it's relatively more common. In fact, the Americans have a term for this. They call it the house husband. 
right? I actually had that idea myself many years ago when I lived in the U.S. Oh, I could be the house husband. But my partner and I never had the kind of job stability that one would need for that. Eventually, I moved away and the whole idea was pointless. So I, I'm curious, like, is there a term like house husband in Turkey? <laughs> no, no. No, I'm afraid there's not, at least not that I know of. And this may be because the Turkish community is very patriarchal and there are not, honestly, not many examples of what we do back at home. Besides, it's not exactly what I do anyway. It's, it's not like I take care of our children or do all the housework alone just by myself. It is just that I work fewer hours than my wife and uh, whenever she's at home, she participates equally in all that we do for our kids. Likewise, she was not a housewife either when it was me a few years back uh, who worked longer hours. Today, okay. we both, yeah, today we both work and we both parent our girls just in changing roles depending on the circumstances and what we can do for them and clearly for us as well. Okay. But I mean, you are the, you are the, as far as I understand it, at this time, you are home more often. You're the one who takes your daughters to more of their appointments and to school and things like this. It's true. Okay, fair enough. It's okay. Just, I appreciate the clarity. So, all right. So we talked about Turkey, but, but of course now you live in Germany. So being Turkish, but living in Germany, you actually have two cultures to choose from. So I'm curious, do you know anyone else that has this arrangement, whether they be Turkish or whether they be German? Um, let me give you a longer answer to this question. I think every family faces this division of labor problem sooner or later. And I think all couples should be doing what suits them the best. Like the old adage says, you're not what happened to you. Instead, you are how you choose to respond to what happened and who you choose to become as a result. So uh, I think there are lessons to be learned in the variety of responses to things that happen to people around us. Well, I think every parent would agree that there are lessons to be learned. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And that said, we are very new in Germany and don't know many people here yet. So uh, I'm afraid I have yet to meet fellow parents who have a similar arrangement in Germany as well. Okay, F fair enough. So, I mean, so on that subject, right, as, as I said, you have two daughters and you're the primary one, as far as I know, going to their school appointments and so forth. I mean, is that strange? Like, is it unusual to be like, you know, like, I don't want to say the only guy around, that's probably wrong, but do you see a lot of other men taking their kids to school? Yes, I see men all the time, actually, coming to drop their kids to school and then pick them up later. Okay. Also at parents' meetings, it's, it's the same. I think the last one was just a few weeks ago, and uh, there were uh, a lot of fathers actually present in that meeting. They were very eager to learn more about uh, their children, how, how they do at school. And not only academically, but also in terms of their relationship with their teachers and classmates. And yes, uh, I should be honest, I'm encouraged by their presence 
together with me sitting in that room, okay. uh, not not being the only guy, as you sure. said, in the room, yeah, helps. But I, I, I should also make this point. I would fare, I think, equally well without them in the room. This is because I'm a very self-confident person. I started studying medicine at the age of 37 and as, ah. a, father of, as a father of two. And uh, you can imagine there, sitting in that class with uh, classmates who, who were 20 years younger than sure. I was, yeah. I, I clearly stood out for how different I was. So I didn't mind standing out then, sitting in that class, and I don't mind it now, uh, either sitting in a parents' meeting. Okay, so in addition to being, you know, like the parental taxi and and the primary dad at home, you're you're also like the family doctor, right? I mean, so I think this may you and I talked in the past about your daughters having a lot of after school activities, and I, I I'm guessing that your rather impressive credentials may lend to that. I mean. Can you tell us a little bit about your your daughter's after school activities? It's it's true uh, that they have many after school activities. They have until thirteen hundred each weekday school, and then after school they take part either in singing, ballet, or guitar lessons. So uh, I should say, of the four of us at home, me, my wife, and the girls, I am by far, by far, the least artistically talented and active individual. Well, I, I certainly know that feeling. I don't have any musical talent at all, but, but hey, you could do a field dressing, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Um, so in terms of all these after-school activities, I, again, I don't know this, I'm sort of guessing. Um, the idea in Germany is that you have sort of mother-child taxi. So I'm guessing like with the after-school activities, you're probably, you know, one of the few men around, like taking the kids to ballet. I could be wrong about that, but, but I am curious, like, what's it like to, to take your daughters to ballet, especially if you're one of the few men doing so? Yeah, it's a pleasing thought, actually. And I like to think that I'm a known quantity in those circles, even if for the short periods of time, when I and the girls arrive at those places and then when we go home, when the time is up. Since our appointments are all downtown, I don't necessarily wait for them in a hall or just outside the building, like idly sitting in a corner or looking at my phone, right. which is- Actually, how long is ballet practice? For an hour. For an hour, okay. So yeah, it makes sense. You're not just gonna sit outside the door. Yeah, okay. that, would, yeah that would be terrible. Okay. So, so those wait times, about an hour or maybe a little longer uh, are actually great opportunities for me to get some shopping done or just run a few other errands or just walk to clear my mind and focus on my well-being both physically and mentally. That's, that's a great opportunity. And uh, I take it. I'm, so I'm not around actually when they are singing, dancing or playing the guitar inside and I don't get to talk to other parents uh, extensively, I should say, in the meantime. But the parents, I should also add this, that I talk to are all very kind and helpful. Uh, and I like talking to them and learning from them as well. Okay. So in addition to the occasional hour you get to, you know, take a walk and clear your head and things like this, 
I mean, are, what are the biggest benefits to this system you now have where you're like the primary parent when your wife is not in town? You know, what's the advantage to you, to, to her or, or to the kids? Well, clearly, my wife is the winner in this arrangement. She now gets to do what she wants to do professionally, at least. And the world, I should say, is a better place for it. The biggest benefit, however, I like to think, it belongs to our daughters who are growing up seeing their father assuming at least equal responsibility as their mother when it comes to taking care of them. So I hope that when they become adults themselves, they will never agree to any sort of subjugation or limits to what they can do just because they are women. Sure. In their minds, in their minds, doing the dishes, for instance, or, or laundry, or cooking, or cleaning, or any other household chore that you can think of, these are not gender-specific duties. Their mother is an independent, economically thriving, strong woman, and I like to think that our daughters will be like her when they grow up. Sure. That sounds like a great ambition. And I can definitely speak from experience about chores not being gender specific. I have a great deal of experience doing <laughs> things around the house, laundry, dishes, cooking, cleaning, you name it. Okay. But you know, it is also worth asking the question, you know, what are the challenges to this kind of relationship? Yes, they, there are challenges. There were times when the girls said um, they have already missed their mama and um, unfortunately she couldn't be home for another few days, if not weeks. Okay. But those were really hard to get by for them, also for me and for my wife. But I should say no life is a walk in the park anyway or, or an easy ride. I have long understood this. It's a fundamental fact. It's a, yeah. it's a hard cold reality of our lives. And children are, are very easy to make happy, if you think about it. For me, the biggest challenge, I should say, is making braids, if you know what I'm talking about. You know, braids, those, like, like hair. Yeah, exactly. Interlacing those strands of hair, like in a very skillful way, because that is what you're supposed to do at the end, so that the girls could go to school with just the hairdo that they want. I'm, I'm not still very good at it after so many years of practice okay but, but luckily luckily now my elder is now nine years old and she's now able to do it for her younger sister so that's that's a great help okay so if i need if i need a nice braid or if i need some medical help i can call you yeah exactly i know someone who's really really good at it okay fair <laughs> enough so the, the i guess the other thing to think about is this is how the situation is now it was different before. What will it be in the future? Do, do, you, do you and your wife plan on swapping roles again? Or what's the plan? Okay, let me try and be a philosopher in answering this question. A philosopher, okay. Yeah. Uh, the, the universe is always in a, in a flux. Is it not? The only constant is the change itself. This, this is also how we have evolved as a species. Being adaptable to changes around us to maximize our chances of survival and growth okay. since, since the first homo sapiens on earth. Well, let's not right? go too far back in time. But this is, this is true. I mean, we need to be adaptable to the changes. Yes, we cannot so, just right. sit humans, by and watch them. Humans are adaptable. 
true. Yep, this is how we have survived. And I and my wife, our relationship is far from perfect, you know, different than what it may look like from the outside. But its backbone is that we can perform good teamwork. Which shape or form this will take is to be decided with respect to our changing circumstances. So we can change roles again, depending on the change outside. And it takes two to tango, and we are good at it. I think we are going to continue dancing together. So, so I, should, I should actually try to see you and your wife do the tango then. Well, yeah, we like to perform rather beautifully, yes. Okay, fair enough. I, I'm not a particularly good dancer, at least not in the classical sense. Okay, <laughs> so what you're saying is there's no real fixed plan at this moment. You're just going to sort of make these changes as they're needed based on circumstances. That's right. Okay. Um, when you and I talked last time, we, we did talk about the fact that now that your daughters are a little bit older, their school schedule is going to be changing, I think, maybe the next term. Um, so do you have any projects, either personal or family, for, for the coming school semester when your daughters are at school longer? It's true. The school system is going to shift to a whole day system. So starting from August, um, they are going to start going to school for a little longer than they do right now. Mm -hmm. And when that is the case, uh, personally, I plan to work a little more because I will have more time hey, great, for myself. Right? <laughs> and, I, and I, yeah, uh, and I want to just do some more work than I do right now. Not too much, maybe a little more. Okay. But also on the side, do more of the things that I like doing personally, which help me feel better, such as read and write, get confused, ask better questions, pursue answers, learn and teach, which is what I do also right now. That well, is, I should say, heal and be healed, basically. Okay. I do like that getting confused makes you feel better. That, that's a new one by me. Yeah, exactly. As long as, you know, you pursue the answers and you, you seem to be getting closer to them as you just, you know, continue on that pursuit. It's, it's, a, it's a great experience, great journey. Okay. Well, I mean, that's all the questions that, that I have, right? Thanks for walking me through it. Thanks for walking our listeners through it. This is a, a definitely an interesting approach and I can understand the background right, in terms of how you got here. But yes, I mean, relationships are, they really are teamwork. And these adjustments as necessary, depending on the demands of one partner's job or another, that's great. So do, do you have any questions for me? Well, thank you, Steve. Uh, not at this moment, but I too enjoyed, I have to say, being part of this wonderful podcast. Thank you yeah. for having me. It's my pleasure. Thanks a lot, Edith. Again, my name is Steve, the founder of English and Go, an English language teaching and consulting company based in Osnabrück, Germany. If you like this podcast, please share it with a friend. You can visit our website, englishandgo.de, or send us an email, info at englishandgo.de.